Hello and welcome to the Daily Homily with Father Kevin Drew. Father Drew is the pastor of St. Anne's Church in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Father Drew's Daily Mass can be heard weekdays at 11 Central on Catholic Radio Network Channel Gabriel 2. And now, here's Father Drew. A reading from the first book of Maccabees. The officers of the king in charge of enforcing the apostasy came to the city of Modin to organize the sacrifices. Many of Israel joined them, but Mattathias and his sons gathered in a group apart. Then the officers of the king addressed Mattathias. You are a leader, an honorable and great man in this city, supported by sons and kin. Come now, be the first to obey the king's command, as all the Gentiles and the men of Judah and those who are left in Jerusalem have done. Then you and your son shall be numbered among the king's friends, and shall be enriched with silver and gold and many gifts. But Mattathias answered in a loud voice, Although all the Gentiles in the king's realm obey him, so that each forsakes the religion of his fathers and consents to the king's orders, yet I and my sons and my kin will keep to the covenant of our fathers. God forbid that we should forsake the law and the commandments." We will not obey the words of the king, nor depart from our religion in the slightest degree. As he finished saying these words, a certain Jew came forward in the sight of all to offer sacrifice on the altar in Modin, according to the king's order. When Mattathias saw him, he was filled with zeal. His heart was moved, and his first fury was aroused. He sprang forward and killed him upon the altar. At the same time, he also killed the messenger of the king, who was forcing them to sacrifice and he tore down the altar. Thus he showed his zeal for the law, just as Phineas did with Zimri, son of Salu. Then Mattathias went through the city shouting, Let everyone who is zealous for the law and who stands by the covenant follow after me. Thereupon he fled to the mountains with his sons, leaving behind in the city all their possessions. Many who sought to live according to righteousness and religious custom went out into the desert to settle there. The word of the Lord. To the upright I will show the saving power of God. God the Lord has spoken and summoned the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. From Zion, perfect in beauty, God shines forth. Gather my faithful ones before me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. In the heavens proclaim his justice, for God himself is the judge. Offer to God praise as your sacrifice and fulfill your vows to the Most High. Then call upon me in time of distress. I will rescue you, and you shall glorify me. The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As Jesus drew near Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If this day you only knew what makes for peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days are coming upon you when your enemies will raise a palisade against you. They will encircle you and hem you in on all sides. They will smash you to the ground and your children with you. And they will not leave one stone upon another within you because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. The Gospel of the Lord. Rose Philippine Duchesne was born into a wealthy family in France in 1769. Her mother was pious, but her father, a stubborn and strong-willed lawyer, was not. To both Philippine and her mother's grief, her father became a supporter of Masonic and revolutionary groups that would later bring on the very bloody and very anti-Catholic French Revolution. At the age of eight, 
Philippine dedicated herself to God. So she had to constantly rebuff suitors her father wished her to wed. At the age of 18, she visited a nearby convent, St. Marie de Haut, with her aunt. Once inside, she announced she was staying. Her enraged father came to insist she leave, but she refused. His daughter was just as stubborn and strong-willed as he was. In 1792, when Philippine was still a postulant, the nuns were dispersed by order of the government. The convent was turned into a prison for enemies of the revolution. Instead of going home, Philippine and another woman rented a flat in the town and organized the Ladies of Mercy. To the chagrin of her worried family, she risked her life, bringing material and spiritual goods to those imprisoned at St. Marie. She also assisted priests who lived as fugitives. In 1801, after Napoleon overthrew the revolutionary government, Philippine used her own money to purchase the badly damaged convent of St. Marie from the state. Three years later, Mother Madeline Sophie Barat, the founder of the Society of the Sacred Heart, came calling. Philippine fell at her feet and begged her to stay. She signed over the convent to the society, and at the age of 35, quite old because of the delay brought about by the revolution, she became a postulant. One year later, she finally took her first vows, pledging herself to poverty, chastity, and obedience. Due to her administrative skills, Philippine became secretary general of the order and put in charge of the new mother house in Paris. Had she stayed in France, she would have enjoyed the honor of her community and the company and support of her noble and prosperous family. But her deep desire was to be a missionary to the Indians in the New World. For 12 years, she begged to go. At age 49, her wish was granted. Philippine and four nuns entered New Orleans in March of 1818 and made their way up the Mississippi to St. Louis. The bishop sent them to the small village 14 miles outside of St. Louis called St. Charles, where the nuns resided in a primitive one-room cabin. Philippine opened the first Sacred Heart School outside of Europe in September of 1818. It was the first free school west of the Mississippi and the first Catholic school in what became the St. Louis Archdiocese. Due to her perseverance and organizational skills, 12 Sacred Heart schools had opened in America by 1850. Altogether, Rose Philippine Duchesne spent 34 years in the New World, assisting settlers and Native Americans. The ultimate goal of this apostle of the Sacred Heart was to save their souls. She died at the age of 83 on November 18, 1852. Forty-three years after her death, her cause was officially opened at the Vatican, and Pope Pius X declared her venerable. On May 12, 1940, she was beatified by Pope Pius XII and canonized a saint 44 years later on July 3, 1988. 